This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Bex. And I'm Laura. And we're here to talk openly and honestly about miscarriage, stillbirth and all pregnancy loss. We aim to smash the taboo surrounding these subjects. And rebuild the topic in a way to support and educate women. Rather than isolate and shame them. Welcome to the worst girl gang ever. Hey everybody, welcome back to the worst girl gang ever. This episode is one that we recorded at the back end of last year. We talked to Fran, who has had two children via surrogacy. We delve into all the details about surrogacy, what led her to going down this route, and how you might want to start going about it, if that's something that you're looking into. So here we go. Enjoy. Thanks for joining us today. Tell us a bit about how you came to needing surrogacy yourself. So we were trying for a baby and hadn't been trying too long when I experienced some bleeding after after sex, um, which wasn't really, really unusual. But then I'd always sort of spotted a little bit occasionally. But then um, this one time there was quite a lot of it and a bit, a bit too much really to sort of just brush off. Um sort of alarm bells like were ringing a little bit went to the doctors they did a check over thought I had a polyp so I went in for an operation um quite quickly to get that removed and when when they removed what they thought was a polyp it turned out that it wasn't it was actually um cervical cancer so yeah um it was a bit of shock because I was 31 at the time um, and we'd been married for a year at that point and in in our head at that point we were getting pregnant we were having kids that's what everyone was doing um so just a complete um curveball so at that point I I had quite early early stage so they said it was quite likely it would be curable uh, but the best chance of it never coming back again would be to basically cut everything out um, so I opted for what's called a radical hysterectomy, where they removed right. um, everything except for um, my ovaries. So all of my reproductive or- like organ except for my ovaries were, were, were taken. That happened in the November. And when I recovered from that, we started to talk about um, IVF, mainly because it, it, even for the stage that I was at, it's not usual to have your ovaries removed, but I was so anxious about it returning. 
I just wanted any chance that it, it wherever it could potentially return, I just wanted it gone. Like yeah. if they'd have said it mm-hmm. could come back in your arm, I mean, I guess it can come back in different places, but if they said like, you know, there's a high chance it could come off in your arm, I'd be like, take my arm, take my arm, mm. you know, I just wanted to yeah. live. And so um, I was, I was like, right, you know what, we can do IVF and then you can take my ovaries. So that was unusual for the staging that I had. I've met quite a lot of people since that kept their ovaries but I just I just wanted them out at the time. Yeah. So we mm. um I wanted the IVF then quite quickly so that I could then have my ovaries removed. So we we did the operation for the hysterectomy in November. I think it was like March, April time that I went through the IVF. The IVF was just to have your eggs taken and frozen, is that right? Yeah. So we um I got the eggs and then they were we we fertilized the eggs and we stored them as that- embryos. So that they're stored as em, like fertilized embryos rather than eggs, just eggs. Yeah. So the chance okay. of them, yeah the chance of um, I guess having a baby through the IVF process is higher if you store the embryos rather than the eggs. Okay. okay. So we did um, we did a round we did one round of IVF um, which was quite successful. We ended up with nine embryos. Mm-hmm. And at the time they said to us, so that's, you know, in terms of probabilities, that's that's the probability, um, you know, one in three rounds of IVF is successful. So you've 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 got sort of like the probability with nine embryos of like three, potentially three children. Okay. Um, mm. Once once I'd recovered from the IVF, I then had then I had my ovaries removed. Frank, can I ask, did you have to pay for the IVF? Uh, we we actually it was split into two parts. The first part we managed to get on the on the NHS, so that was like the the um, egg removal and then the fertilization. But even that was a little bit touch and go. There wasn't really a precedent set. It's implied in the guidelines that you would be um, entitled to IVF as long as the embryos were put back in like the person they owned that person's womb um which was never obviously going to happen for me well well, I guess unless you went sort of really futuristic I mean it was funny because at the time that it was like one of the first womb transplants Mm, was happening I was gonna say Um, it's not so futuristic now is it it's not so futuristic it was happening at the time so I always remember thinking like oh we could always go down that route if they said no Mm. but yeah you you it's implied in the guidelines it should be put back into your womb so it's a little bit touch and go but the there isn't actually a box that says are these going to be put back into your own womb so the nurse was a bit like do you know what I'm not going to point it out but equally um if they'd asked um, I'd have to tell them so she just put us through as like a couple that were trying for a baby which we had been yeah doing anyway thankfully we got the go-ahead so we got the funding for the first part the surrogacy um, part of it is not available on the NHS. So mm. once those embryos were stored, we actually had to move them to another clinic that had a surrogacy license, um, which was not the clinic where we'd actually done the IVF. Nice. So we had to have those th- those moved for the next part and we had to pay for the next part as well. Is that scary, having your your little... <laughs> potential babies moved somewhere else it's really weird because they say you can go and get them and take them yourself or you can get like a courier that there Mm. are special couriers that move embryos which oh my goodness what a job (laughs) because we just we thought at one point 
yeah just imagine carrying them across London yeah just like carrying your embryos on the tube would have just... it's a <laughs> bit like you know when the royal family can't all fly in the same plane you yeah. sort of feel a bit like that like split it's a whole new uh, whole new yeah. take onto the whole baby on board stickers yeah. right yeah. <laughs> oh dear so, I'm so fascinated by this like how do you go about finding a, a, a surrogate it what what how do you say it surrogate is she a surrogate lady what what phrase <laughs> correct Just, pronoun yeah, for this person I, yeah so I mean Gina is the is my Gina surrogate. okay sorry yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah they have names yeah realize yeah. uh so I guess surrogate finding a surrogate would be yeah would be what you'd say um the correct term yeah yeah when I started to feel a little bit more like confident that I, about the sort of the whole process which was probably like the following summer because at this point I knew Elton John had done it and I knew that Phoebe from Friends did it for her like brother yes. and that was my I mean, that you was, don't that need anything my... more than that do you <laughs> so Elton like, yeah, John's done it possible. and it's oh, Phoebe from Friends totally fine <laughs> yeah. like I can definitely do it then um yeah, yeah so so yeah I had absolutely no idea didn't didn't know anybody who'd done it, didn't that, you know, there was nobody that my parents knew had done it or sort of friends knew who'd done it. Um, so completely in the dark. Um, I, I I started, first of all, looking through the agencies. Um, there was two of them at the time that I looked that I looked at. <laughs> it was just expensive. Just thinking, where are we going to get all this money from? Um, Is it, when you all, say it's, the, when you talk about the money, do you have to pay for is it like one lump sum or is it do you have to pay monthly or if you go through an agency first of all you've got to pay the agency um just actually like the joining fees and all of that so just even just to be introduced to surrogates so um and and then I was reading on the forums um you know people had been uh, like with the agencies for a while and and then nothing you know they they still hadn't met anybody so I was just sort of my heart really just sank when I first went online like some of them like one of them I remember not even it wasn't accepting new couples at the time just because the like there was just the the ratio of couples who would like a surrogate to surrogates was just Mm. like um ridiculous so I just remember just thinking is this ever going to actually happen and then, like, just bizarrely, I'm not even sure why I did this, but I was on Facebook and thought, you know, there's groups for neighbours and home and away. Maybe there's groups for um, for surrogacy as well. And so I, you know, typed in surrogacy and then just was amazed at all these surrogacy groups that came up and sort of just got lost down a little bit of a rabbit hole. Mm, yeah. um, really, I joined one group, which was like an open group, and within... Within about an hour, I think it was, somebody on that group then invited me to a secret group. Um, and I just, I, I thought, you know, what is, what this? Yeah, it sounds like some sort of shady swingers. <laughs> it sounds, yeah. And, but I just thought, you know, I'll go along with this. This whole new world opened up to me that I had absolutely no idea existed of independent mm-hmm. surrogacy. Um, so in this country, it's illegal to adver- like advertise uh, and ask for a surrogate. It's, e- it's illegal to to advertise your services as a sur- as a surrogate. But what you can do is 
meet you can chat on like chit chat online and um, what I found out about this group that I joined is that they held like regular socials where you could go to these socials um just which was basically just in the pub meet other people who had um had been surrogates meet other people who had been um in intended parents it's called so I was an intended parent um and then the then you've got the surrogates and the intended parents would be the, the people who were, who were looking for the surrogate. So other IP, or, or, and we call it like IP for short. So other IPs would be at the meets, surrogates would be at the meets. Um, so quite quickly, I just sort of, I just, I must have spent hours just reading through like mm. all the Facebook posts, looking at photographs and like just reading like all of these success stories just thinking oh my god this might actually happen maybe you know this this agency thing it just felt like it was just one it just felt like it wasn't from like for us the way that it worked in terms of one of them was a bit like you essentially you did a like a cv of like you and your partner and then it got sent to different surrogates and then they would pick you if they you know they like the look Mm -hmm. of you whereas just just felt a lot more like friendship based yeah yeah, a lot more natural like I guess in like I've often sort of compared it to dating a little bit because you chat to like a lot like you'll chat to a lot of surrogates um and a lot of I like a lot of IPs and just it's who you click like who did you click like do you click with somebody um you maybe chat to them more um so in, in the end I I chatted to you know a few surrogates some on the actual forum boards you know themselves and then some like more through um like dms um and chatted to a few different ones and then eventually just clicked with with gina um yeah but then what do you do once you found someone so it's just like it's just like it's it and it's also it's quite in it's like it has that intensity of dating as well yeah. it possibly even more because it's like somebody that's gonna potentially carry your child it's yeah you but, like skip a few chapters of the dating you go straight to babies that doesn't happen yeah. very often does it usually it scares them well, off but this I guess is uh yeah, is what they want to hear yeah. you have my baby yeah um so yeah which but and, and but again you can't like, like that's sort of not etiquette to be to say that either so Oh, okay. You, then, you you had to do a bit of flirting just, first. Yeah, you don't just start <laughs> off with like, "Can you have my baby?" It's crazy because some people. I mean, to, it's always where so. I went wrong in dating as well. So, <laughs> so I mean, Gina, I, like I was surrogate. Um, when she actually, I think, literally twenty four hours after she gave birth to Evelyn, who was our first do- first daughter, she literally was having messages saying. Will you be my surrogate? Really? No. So that, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that is, that is surely that's bad etiquette. Yeah. So that's if anyone do that, not to do it. Yeah. So people, yeah, it's a little bit crazy, but that you know that just just as you would never, you know, you'd never approach someone. Would be, you know, will you be my husband? Yeah. You know, you don't. <laughs> well, will you again, my might be where I went wrong. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah no there's a lot there, so, that's, so how long was there between you first meeting Gina and and popping the question so we I mean th- again with dating I guess you know you're when you're when you meet someone online through a dating app I guess you've both got in the back of your the back of your mind like this is this is where it potentially is going um mm. 
but so it's not like it's a big surprise when it when when that happens I guess the whole time you are chatting and getting to know you both of you do have it that sort of thing in 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 the back of your mind and you need to be honest as well because again there's it's it's all etiquette and it's different for different people but some people prefer to be like exclusive in the chatting and then other people will be chatting to a number of different people and then it's at like what point do I become exclusive in my chatting if you're one of the sort of people that so this is literally multiple? like it's like dating yeah it's exactly like dating yeah well yeah so if you do it independently <laughs> like like we did yeah. I know that Gina was chatting to a number of IPs in the sort you know with with that sort of thought in the back of her mind in terms of who who do I get on with who can I see myself Mm. doing this for who who am I like a good match with I didn't talk to more than one surrogate at the same time with that sort of like view to um to sort of I guess thinking like thinking you know would I like this person to be my surrogate or not that I I didn't I didn't do that. Um, but again, I think it's partly to do with ratios. You possibly might find that more surrogates talk to a number of IPs, whereas the IPs probably not talking to as many surrogates just because there's not as many. Yeah. Had Gina done it before? No. So she had three children of her own. I'm trying to think what their ages were at, at the time. Um, Ellie was, she must have been like, oh, 17, 18, coming up to that sort of age. Um, okay. So she was her okay. eldest daughter and then so she was a bit older and and wasn't 100% keen on it to begin with I think mm. she was the most reluctant of the children and then she's got then she had two younger boys and I think Sam the youngest might have been maybe eight or nine at the time um but uh, both the boys and the husband and her husband Ian were were like more on board with it than Ellie was initially um and so she so she yeah she had three children of her own um, but hadn't been hadn't been a surrogate before. I guess the family has really got to be on board as well, haven't they? Yeah, it's um... yeah. I mean, it's and it, and it's really it was really lovely when you know how on board they actually are yeah. with it as well. Um, the first time we actually no, it was the second time we actually went out when we met the whole family. Um, the first time we went out, we met we like sort of met at the pub, and it was me and Mark met Gina and Ian, um, and. Sort of, that was before we'd sort of like officially matched and um just went for Sunday dinner like got on really really well and it you know and, and at that after that point that was when we sort of like officially went right we're exclusive now let's do this and then I but remember the second time when we actually met them with their children like Ian turning to Mark and like putting his hand on his like leg and just going we're going to do this for you mate Aww. and it was the nicest thing to have that like to have that relationship between the two men as well yeah. like to, yeah to, like, that's really like, they nice. were like really they were all rooting for us um that's yeah. lovely it was really nice so how long after you decided that it was that that Gina was the one and your families had met did did it go ahead so we met um like I started talking to her in January and uh, I think it was like the July when we did the first transfer right um so between then we'd done like sort of the chatting by the Easter time was when we sort of like we were exclusive meeting the family um and then we went into the clinic 
Um, and when we once you've sort of then gone into the clinic, because we did what was called um, GS or gestational surrogacy, which means that it was our embryos and we were the sort of biological parents, whereas you can do um, traditional surrogacy where either the surrogate is using her own egg and like the husband's sperm or you can do like a donor egg as as well and that would be called um and and that's sort of like another like version of it so we did gestational surrogacy where it was our embryos Mm. um that were like um transferred to gina so we had to then go for it like traditional surrogacy there's less regulation because you could literally with traditional surrogacy you could go go to like a hotel or go to like um the surrogate's house or like your house and and um do like a transfer of the sperm like there yeah. and there's a lot less regulation what um, do you mean what like when you say do the transfer turkey of the, like how <laughs> like turkey baster oh okay i was gonna say you don't take your husband to impregnate the surrogate well it was i mean it's because that would sure be... some people do do it that way <laughs> yeah probably that would be awful though, wouldn't it Throw up a few mental health issues. <laughs> My sister, she, she, she probably won't ever listen to this, so it's okay. Okay. <laughs> a shout out oh. to Fran's sister, though, if you are listening. <laughs> she'll say, I didn't say that. What she did actually say to me once, she might have been joking, is she was like, you know, Fran, I might, I would potentially consider doing this, but I don't really want to have to sleep with Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. (laughs) Yes, you wouldn't have to do that. The fact that she didn't totally write it off, though. (laughs) Potentially, I'm not really sure about sleeping with your husband. I'm not saying no, but get me a bottle of red wine. We'll see what happens. (laughs) We'll see what happens, yeah. I'll just stay in the room with the door. Um, I was going to say, actually, did anyone offer to, to do it for you? Friends, family? Yeah, there was a few people who either insinuated it or sort of said oh yeah you know maybe this could happen in the future but I think they were I don't think anyone was serious not well nice. nobody was serious there was a few people that um did that did say oh yeah I could do it but I never pursued any of them because mm. I just thought yeah that you're not really you need serious. someone that's serious yeah yeah, yeah sure. you need to, I mean I think a flippant oh I could do it for you um is not the same as someone who's like really gone away and thought about it and um I think I mean I I think my sister genuinely would have done perhaps if she'd been in a different um place in her life at the time like if she had already was married with kids it might Mm. have been something that she'd she would have considered (laughs) (laughs) um yeah, so but but by the so by the time we actually got to that point, we um we because we were doing it GS, it had to be, it was much more regulated. So there's a lot of blood tests um that the clinic had to go through, a lot more like checks, um like criminal record checks, um all of that sort of thing, and also there's like counselling that you've got to go through. So we both we all had to like speak to a counsellors as like um Gina and Ian, me and Mark separately, and then all together. Um, just to make sure well, that you're good. on. That's good. That's quite reassuring, yeah. isn't it? People will say, "Oh, you know, we're going abroad to do it because it's just not regulated in this country," and that isn't that isn't actually true because although I think there could be more regulation, 
um, actually, if you do it the way that we did it and you have to go through a clinic, then those the, those checks and balances are in place. It's just mm. more that if you do the traditional surrogacy... The turkey-based are in the hotel. The tur- yeah, then there is... Like, obviously, yeah, no one's going to force you to do counselling. Or but... sleeping with your sisters. <laughs> <Yeah. and husband. laughs> no regulations yeah. I mean, you, no you probably there. all need <laughs> counselling after that as well. Um. Oh. So what one thing that I... I'm wondering, is that would there be a high chance of Gina or the surrogate's body rejecting the embryo? Um, there shouldn't, there shouldn't be. No. One of the things that I was a little bit unsure of was that, like, I mean, we knew that at this point that Gina had had three pregnancies and didn't have an issue mm-hmm. with being pregnant. Um, there was no reason to assume that um at, at this point that like there was anything wrong with the embryos that we had to be honest when we went down the IVF route you know some people I always think it's funny because some people I think would have researched this for years or it would have mm. been something that they'd thought about for a while like literally yeah. to me it was just part of my cancer mm. treatment yeah and so it was I went, thrust it was, upon you wasn't it it was yeah and I had no idea so literally every every consultant I went to it was telling me stuff for the first time without me actually doing any research whatsoever mm. so there was definitely questions that I in hindsight now would go oh like you know I did that I didn't ask so those sorts of things I just didn't it, it just it was all sort of to be honest a bit of a like whirlwind yeah, um, it, it mm. still feels a little bit like that and Evelyn who is our first daughter was the third transfer with Gina wow. and I remember thinking after the first two like what is like is is there an Do issue we, here like yeah, what what yeah. like because I, I remember thinking you know what it's one in three for IVF is the normal sort of ratio but that's surely for people who've had problems getting pregnant because mm. most people who do IVF are, are there because they've found it difficult to get yeah. pregnant naturally themselves and so those statistics are for people who have found it difficult not for somebody who's already been pregnant and then for embryos that were supposedly good so I remember after the first two being a little bit concerned that maybe there just was a compatibility issue did you start to think we need to jump ship here and find someone new or um uh, no just because of how difficult that process right and how intense that had been I was very much like we'll, we'll stick you know until I guess until someone tells us that this is not where I mean like a lot of the when so when you do um surrogacy even though it's not enforceable by law um most sort of couples will have um a contract and we had we had one and within that it is advisable to say like this is how many times we will try before right yeah you know so so you you literally go through this contract that we had goes through like all eventualities um Mm. and that's like really very strongly advisable to have had those conversations um beforehand and so that's one of the things that would come up would be you know uh, how many times are we going to try before we call this a day how old was gina at the time i think she was oh god she'll think she'll be like why didn't you know this off by heart uh, she was like she was she was late 30s um was she, she? did that not make yeah. a difference in would, no, is it not a choose someone younger no or is it's that just the age of the embryos it's oh, the age of the embryos that is the the key so at the age of the the womb doesn't come into it in terms of i'd imagine most surrogates would be 
older if they've already had their own yeah. families um yeah most I'd say were in I mean Gina after she um had Grace who was our second daughter for us did sort of toy with the idea potentially of doing it again and in the end just thought you know what I'm just too it's too much of a risk for me not in Mm. terms of actually you know would I not be able to do this again like biologically yes I can do this for like however many years but uh, the risks to her are bigger and bigger as as you get older just in terms of when you're that, that age but pregnancy takes its toll hugely on the body, you know, it's a hu- and birth as well is a huge yeah. trauma. And the older you are, the more, I think, affected you're, you are physically by, by pregnancy and birth. Yeah. So that did she have, so you have two daughters by, via Gina. Yeah. And are they both your embryo and your husband's yeah. sperm? Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. While Gina was pregnant, did you have any feelings of jealousy or any kind of ugly feelings about yeah, what question. was going on? Not really. I did. I definitely had, um, when I was reading your book, I definitely felt like I, the, the, the the bits that really resonated with, with me were the, the feelings when friends tell you that yeah. they were pregnant. Um, that I really resonated with. In terms of any feelings towards Gina, not at all. Um, it was mm. more like just, it was just more like sort of like, I guess, coming to terms with the fact that I wouldn't be able to carry. Um, mm. So, but I think a lot of the times I had this this quite romantic idea of pregnancy, you know, that it would be snuggles on the sofa with Mark having his head on my tummy and being yeah. like, oh, you know, I can feel the baby kicking. Like, oh you know walking around with nice maternity claws I mean in actual fact Gina's pregnancy with Grace was horrendous um was it? she was just sick constantly throughout the whole um pregnancy um and I remember just I actually remember thinking with her I'm glad you're doing this and <laughs> um, you live quite near um, each I mean, other don't you yeah she's in um she's down in Kent so it's about it's it's, it's we always said it was quite a nice distance because it yeah. wasn't Not it was pockets yeah it wasn't close enough that you'd pop you know you'd, you'd bump into her in tesco's and be yeah. like uh, what have you got in your shopping basket um, <laughs> yeah what is that vodka <laughs> yeah <laughs> but not but equally close enough to meet up quite regularly um so did you go to you know, scan appointments and things like that with her yeah so i went to all the scan appointments i didn't go to some of the later midwife uh-huh. appointments and i felt awful about that as well but it was really it was torn between sort of knowing that that was a 10 minute appointment and I'd have to drive an hour there and an hour back yeah um you it's feel like formality you wanna, aren't they? yeah you, I mean but you feel you do feel like if I don't go does that uh, you know will she think that that's because I'm not supporting mm. like fully or does that or make me a bad mum yeah you know that, that that's that that's the case and it, I think one of the difficult um that I found was especially being like working through it all is that it's when I'm saying can I have time off for these scan appointments you know I mean the, the school that I worked out at the time um because I'm a teacher were, were were good I mean the, to be honest the fact that I'd just gone through the cancer treatment I don't think that they could ever have turned around no. and said you know you know so they were good um with me and they were always 
quite sensitive because I think there again are laws as to you know how many they actually have to let me go to like to Mm. and it's not all of them but they were they were always very good and when I said can I go to this appointment or this appointment they were always really good and said um yes you can but it did mean that you sometimes like the fact that you weren't pregnant did like you did feel a little bit cheeky sometimes saying oh Mm. can I go to this scan appointment even though it wasn't me that was pregnant yeah Mm. but the the, I mean the laws are all in place aren't they like that you you get the adoption leave as well and and rightly so so I think it's quite good that you've got that sort of protection and guarantee that you can go to the appointments and you can get that time off yeah and so with the birth were you present at the birth births yes um uh yes we were grace was actually um a c-section and I didn't go in for that which although we had planned to just because we got there and there were complications we got there sort of about half an hour an hour before she actually went in for the c-section and while we were there um grace's heart rate her heart rate was really high and there was um the waters had um had broken but there was a lot of meconium in the waters sure. um she was very distressed and i just like i i i when we got there um gina said that there hadn't been as much movement in the last two days either um and it was just so much to yeah like comprehend um and take on board I think it it I I always say like it must be what I sort of was feeling was probably very much like what most fathers it was like a mixture of what like a father would feel but also that sort of mother instinct as well that um you know it's I guess if you're giving birth then then you're sort of you know you're going through the actual birth yourself there's not a lot well, of you're actually there thinking, yeah. like, to be thinking yeah. about these things but when you're actually when you're there and you're hearing this and you're not actually physically going through anything it's just you're taking this all on board and the anxiety um was just so intense and when they when when we got there and they told us all this I could I, I my, my legs couldn't even stand I couldn't stand mm-hmm. I just I felt um I was petrified that something was going to happen to either Gina or um Grace and when they said do you want to go through with with Gina I just I literally couldn't even stand I was just so anxious about it and luckily Gina's birth partner um actually had just had been through something similar herself like only a, a, a few months ago and so was was brilliant because she said you know she was exactly the sort of person that Gina needed at yeah. the time to go in there with her Perfect. and say yeah so yeah I, w- I wasn't there when, when Grace was when Grace was sort of when she was delivered by a c-section but they they brought her um brought her straight through to the room. and do is that so do you did Evelyn and Grace, were they yours straight away? As soon as they were born, they were given to you and that was it. They didn't spend any time with Gina. So um, when Evelyn was born, I was literally at the business end. And as she came right. out, they passed her straight to me and we did like skin to skin, which it, it was an incredible experience because I just, I, I think, yeah, okay, I didn't get to birth you. But what I did have was something that, you know so many mothers I guess would never get to experience in that I was I was just one I watched them like um being born and two just 
being like so with it as well like and you know I wasn't like drowsy on Uh drugs or I hadn't had like sleepless nights you know like up to it I wasn't like irritated by like you know or anything like that literally were passed into me like passed into my arms and I was like 100% with it and was taking in like all, all of that so I did feel like you know it was a really special experience um and as I say with Evelyn she was passed straight to me. Mark cut the the cord, um, and it was just a it was just an incredible experience. Ian, um, Gina's husband, was there as well. Um, oh, wow. It was just just such an incredible bonding experience for us all. And then um, I stayed then in the hospital with Gina and Evelyn. Mark, um, Mark and Ian both went, um, and me and Gina and Evelyn just got to spend. We actually were in for two nights. Oh, um, that's lovely all of us together what would be your advice to anyone who's listening who is thinking about surrogacy I think it definitely it can happen I think sometimes people one would dismiss it because they might think where 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 would I even find a surrogate and there are lots of different routes you can go down so like we went around on independent route um there are obviously the agencies you there's if you want to go abroad there are still like countries that you can do it um, abroad where you can do commercial surrogacy that's obviously a lot more expensive but then I guess what I'd like to say to people is that it's not necessarily financially out of the question for I think a lot of people maybe dismiss it because they think financially it's out of the question Um, well like ballpark how much is it well depending it was different different amounts I guess for different things so we got the first part of the IVF for for free on the well on the NHS the second part of the IVF I think was around for Evelyn was around about 10,000 in all but that was because she was the third transfer and every time we transferred you paid the extra money so that could have been potentially less if it had worked first time um the first time through um we paid Gina 10,000 Mm-hmm. to do it which is expenses um so in this country a surrogate is still only able allowed to ask for expenses and not right. actually um ask for like so it's not a commercial thing um so everything's got to be accounted for right um not quite as strict as in some countries like in Canada I think it's again it's altruistic and it's expenses but it's much more like like literally there's got to be receipts um, yeah. as, as far as I'm aware so in this country it's more like you'd say this is how much I'm going to be out of pocket because of work this is how much I'm going to be out of pocket because of um uh, I don't know the the extra yeah. food that I need to buy like all yeah. of these sorts of things and in theory the 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 reason that behind the lady doing it is just because they want to give that as a gift to someone yes and they okay. but they don't want to be out of pocket for doing it yeah, yeah of course so um, in this country, it's still altruistic. So there's not like a cap, but uh, and and I don't think any court has ever said, as far as I'm aware, like no, that's too much. I just think it needs to be like accounted for. So when when the when we went for the parental order, um, they did ask to see like the accounts and how much money right. had been transferred, and they wanted to see what was the breakdown of the expenses. Um, so where what was that money like? you know I guess attributed to it all in all Evelyn it was probably about 20,000 pounds 
but okay. that was over that was over like two years and the as I say about half of that was the IVF yes yeah. and the other half which we paid to Gina we did on like we did it like on monthly mm-hmm. um and then there was like a, 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 a like whatever was left we did it in roughly about 10 equal parts I can't remember it was about 10 equal parts something like that so we did it on like the we we did like the first there was pre-pregnancy expenses like travel and all of that like um the Mm -hmm. vitamins and everything but then after that we like we paid like a first amount like on the positive pregnancy test and then like continued um that so it was we'd like sort of like we were able to budget you know that much that much money was it the same for grace uh, yeah it was the same for grace gina's expenses had gone up um, she's had a promotion at work. It was roughly the same. And um, do you still have um, frozen embryos? No. So no. Grace was the last the last one that we had. Really? We did, I think like with Evelyn, we did three transfers, but we actually used like five. We'd used five embryos and then some had perished when they were, when they were being... Like defrosted as well. So was Grace just you just tra- had one embryo transferred? So yeah, we basically with we did two the first time, then we did then we did one, then we did two, and then Evelyn was the one that where we did two. Um, we went for the scan at seven weeks, and there was actually two like two sacs had developed, but there was only one heartbeat, and we were told um, that the other one may well um, develop a heartbeat but it might not. And then at 10 weeks, Gina had a bleed. And when we went to the hospital, um, there was just one with a, with a heartbeat. And then that was Evelyn. And then, and the other one wasn't on the screen sort of anymore. Mm. So I guess that had been what, I guess that had been the bleed. bleed, bleed. Isn't it mad? I think about this a lot with IVF. Um, It's crazy that both your girls were made at the same time. So they are yeah. in theory the same age. Yeah, yeah. But what what age like, are they? Um, Evelyn's four and Grace is like one and three quarters, and it's funny because I have said to Evelyn a few times, "Well, you're the same age, really. It's just Grace was in the freezer for longer." And she's like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> no, I love I love so much the story, your story, because your girls are going to grow up knowing that they were so wanted mm, yeah. that you had to you had to go through so much to make them and, and have them. I love that. I mean, there, there can't be much more security you can give a kid than letting them know how one's going to pay you back one day, though. Yeah, 100%, because that was expensive. <laughs> I mean, I mean it, it was expensive, but to be fair, sometimes I think, like, university costs now are... Yeah, don't yeah. send them to uni. Yeah, well, yeah, you're not going to uni. Well, you can, have, you can do a three-year course, but you can't do a four because we've paid for that four. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, I guess, you know, it's funny. Sometimes, like, the way that people talk about surrogacy and, like, oh, giving like giving babies away and stuff, and I just think, I mean, I, like, I mean, one, I think, like, Gina's, um Gina's youngest son at the time I remember him saying um I think she said they were watching something on the telly and there was a like there was something about surrogacy and the like the I don't know the surrogate was being told like about giving the baby away and like Gina said she remembers like Sam getting really angry and being like she's not giving the baby away she's giving the baby back and just and even as a sort of like 
nine ten year old we just understood exactly what was what was happening I think often kids understand things better than adults because they can see things so black and white and clearly and that's exactly what you know it wasn't both Evelyn and Grace were your babies yours and Mark's babies they never belonged to Gina she was sort of looking after them right growing them yeah, and he's, was, Sam was absolutely right. She yeah. was just giving the babies back. That's such a beautiful way to look at it. Yeah. It's been so, so interesting to talk to you. I, know, I feel like so we could for... chat for ages. Yeah. There's just so many questions, aren't there? It is fascinating. It's another thing yeah. that I just didn't know. I didn't know anything about. And thank you for being so open and honest, especially with the money side of things. That's, that's, all. I I think think, that, that's I think... something that lots of people will be interested in, yeah, in knowing. So I think if you're considering IVF anyway, and you've got yeah. you've got the funds to be looking at IVF. I mean, some people might do two, three, four, one round of IVF and a surrogate is probably not too much different for if you end up doing four or five rounds of IVF yeah. yourself. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for talking to us. So thank you very much. Awesome. It's been, um, insightful. Yeah, it's been so interesting. Really interesting. I've really enjoyed chatting to you. Yeah, you guys. Thank you very and we'll, much. Um, yeah, we'll catch up soon. Definitely. We'll keep you posted. All, all right. right. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. And please, please, when you have a second, rate us, review us and share us. And let's get this taboo smashed. See you next week.